Hey guys, today's interview is with Dr. Steve Webb, who is a lot of things. He's an author, 27-year educator, a police officer, but as it pertains to today's conversation, he's also a social media intelligence expert. Dr. Webb talks about realities of children being online. He gives tips and tricks to parents who want to straddle the line between giving their kids an opportunity to be on computers while keeping them safe. And of course, some things he's seen in the US and around the world when it comes to current cybersecurity concerns. You can check him out online at drstevewebb.com or his book, Education in a Violent World, which is available on Amazon and everywhere else. I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to the podcast, Steve. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, firstly, tell us uh, who you are. Well, I am a, uh, a 27-year educator. I am a police officer, and uh, I am trained to be an Alice Active Threat Instructor, as well as a Raider Active Threat Instructor. Uh, I'm a certified cyber intelligence expert, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a dad and a grandpa now. I want a grandpa now, too. Jeez, congratulations. Um, all right, well, so I want to talk to you about uh, online security as it pertains to children as well. And uh, you've also written a book uh, about this. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you got involved in this and why it's important to you? Sure. Well, as an educator and a law enforcement officer together, obviously, uh, uh, as a, a certified natural school resource officer, I'm very concerned about our atmosphere in our schools and and whether we're truly able to protect kids from uh, society as a whole in in terms of us being a, a what's considered a soft target. Uh, but but when I was a, a principal many years ago, uh, I I remember vividly a teacher running into my office yelling, "There's been a shooting!" and uh, I thought that was our school. And I ran to that without any thinking, um, and f- come to find out, it was Heath High School. And her son was at that high school. Uh, he was not killed, uh, but five people uh, were in that situation. And uh, I, I remember thinking to myself, that could happen anytime, any day, rural, uh, urban, suburban, it doesn't matter. Things like that happen in, in our schools, in our churches, in our businesses every single day. And if I've got anything to do with uh, being able to protect people, Anything I can help with, I'm going to do it. So I wrote the book, Education in a, in a Vital World, because I'm that guy that uh, I used to, to think was an old geezer that doesn't understand me as a kid, right? And uh, I want people to understand we don't understand the world that they're living in, but we better become aware because uh, every day there's, there's children that are diagnosed with depression that are killing themselves. Um, I'm also a, a, an investigator on the DCFS child death review team, and I you know, I investigate several children's deaths and many of them are suicides. And the last thing that they're holding is their phone and they're just not handling uh, the pressures of society these days. And I, I think there's something we can do about it if we learn what's going on in their world. What are parents doing wrong? I mean, if you can generalize, I have a seven and an eight year old and I, I like to think that I, I know what they're doing online, but they're getting more curious these days. And they're, you know, I mean, it starts with YouTube and simple landing pages like that. But Certainly. what do parents tend to do wrong, even those parents who feel like they're engaged with their kids? Well, the engagement of parents uh, usually ends with pride. You know, I'm really proud when my kids are, are quiet and they're behaving. I'm not having to deal with them, right? Yeah. They're, in their, they're in their bedroom. They're on their electronic device. And I believe, I trust them that, that uh, they're not actively searching. But kids these days don't have to actively search. Cyberbullying is increasing every day. Uh, the, the, the trauma that they can find, and you just said yourself, they're, they're starting to investigate more and more. That shock factor 
interests kids, especially now that they're home with this this pandemic. Uh, they're they're looking for that stimulation, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you know, and parents think they're being really good and they're being quiet, and then they don't ask them what's going on in their world because they believe their world is great because they're quiet, behaved, everything's great, and their world is not great. They're being ostracized from friends. They're their eating habits are changed even because they're, they're worried about their bodies. Uh, we're, we as parents have trouble communicating with, communicating with our kids because we believe and they're really good at telling us that everything's great and it's not. We have to be more inquisitive to what they're doing, be more involved with what they're doing and not just think, man, they're, they're really good kids. They're behaving because they're, they're experiencing trauma and their, their experiences are different than what ours were. Mm-hmm. And we just don't understand that. And that's why I wrote the book, because I wanted to understand it. I've traveled the nation talking to community members and business owners that have, that have been involved with schools that have had major, major uh, events. And uh, all the while I hear, I just can't believe it happened here. I just can't believe it happened to us. It's happening every single day. And uh, I hope to do something about that. Where do you draw the line, though? I'm of the opinion that, on the one hand, it's important for kids to uh, be knowledgeable about software, about uh, the internet, about how to use computers. I don't think it's always a bad thing. Um, Where does a parent sort of draw that line between allowing their children to be online and learning? Um, Because I think in in many ways, too, it's a social thing. Like, if you go to school and your parents don't allow you to ever go online because they're overprotective, perhaps, that can also work against a child, too. You know, the knowledge of what's happening in in contemporary society with like TV shows and cartoons and all that kind of stuff. It's important socially for kids. So what do you do there? I mean, I mean, I let my kids online too. Where, Where do you say, okay, this is good. This is bad. I do too. But, you know, as my kids play Fortnite, I go in and I say, okay, who are we talking to? And I'll, I'll get on their headphones. I'll say, who is this? And I'll, I'll messing with my kids. Of course, I'm, I'm trying to be funny and I'm wrestling with them. And of course, they probably died because of me on their video game. But it's me telling, telling them I can come in at any time and be involved with what they're doing. Listen, we just arrested two guys last year that was able to lure out an 11-year-old child from Mississippi using a, an app called Discord as they were playing Fortnite. And they, they lured him out by saying, hey, we're going to kill ourselves if you don't come outside. And that kid came outside and got in their car and he brought him all the way to the southern tip of Illinois. And he was able to escape. We arrest those two and find out that his parents were really on top of him on who he was talking to on Fortnite, but missed the app on his phone. They, they were really good at that because they knew they wanted to know who he was talking to. And you could see that but he was able to get around that by using an app. Okay. So if I can if I can tell people of these experiences that, yes, you're doing a great job, but you have to communicate and let them know at all times you are checking their phone, you're checking what they're doing, you're talking to their the people that they're talking to, and just let them know you want to be involved in their online lives as well as their in-person lives. Yeah, that's a good point. Just let them know you're there, and then they can talk to you about what's going on there. But we don't. We are so isolated from that world because we're just not in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. We're just now learning how to use Facebook adequately. I mean, like I just said, we I've got grandkids now. And so we're able to use Facebook to try to stay. I just had to download Snapchat uh, when my first grandchild was born, just so I could see their pictures because they don't know how to use Facebook. It's a different world. And you know, Snapchat's got an add in called YOLO. That's the most uh, widely used bullying platform out there right now. Because it's anonymous and it's within Snapchat. Most parents don't know that. They think Snapchat, fine, message goes away. It doesn't. 
This is an anonymous bullying platform within Snapchat that is devastating to kids. I hope to let people know that even if the, the old geezer like me can learn this stuff, you can too. I want to talk to you about loopholes with video games um, because, I mean, most kids, maybe boys more often than girls like to play games, but both. Um, where are the loopholes there? You mentioned that one app that was used to sort of circumvent uh, contact with children. Um, yes. Where should parents be aware with, with games and with online gaming in particular when they're you know playing with people that they don't know? Certainly. Well, it, it, and when I do, you know, I do presentations to, to parents and communities and teachers and business owners all over the country. And I use videos to show them things that are in games. And then, you know, you see the, the number one game in the world is Fortnite. It's an online game. Number one game ever. Kids were playing it everywhere. What they don't know is there's also a simulator portion of Fortnite. And I show them a video of young children pretending to be the school shooter. You can make your own school. You can have other kids from all across the world in this school with you. And you take turns being the shooter. And your entire game is being scared on one side and trying to hide and being the school shooter and shooting all those kids. That is Fortnite. It's a simulator portion of that game. Mm. Most people don't know that because they just see the, the main parts of it. Yeah. I haven't understand heard. these games and look them up. Yeah, that's insane. That should be illegal. Um, <clears throat> what about uh, popular sites for kids that are questionable in your opinion? I mean, this could change on a weekly basis these days, but uh, where are kids going that uh, outside of maybe YouTube that you are concerned with? I'm extremely concerned about TikTok. Uh, pedophiles all across the world are utilizing TikTok to make that contact with people and utilizing those videos and making fake spoof videos in order to try to get you lured into theirs, utilizing TikTok because so many parents don't understand that TikTok. They believe it's just a, uh, you know, you're, you're singing to a song and making a dance. So many kids are doing it in their, in their, with, in their bikinis or bare chested or whatever. And it's just become a breeding ground for pedophiles. So I'm really concerned about that new platform. And of course, all of these, these anonymous messaging platforms like the YOLO, uh, Ask.fm. I mean, there's several, there's several of those apps out there that are just, they're going to be devastating the kids that they start getting on them because somebody's going to get on there and say how beautiful you are and how, how gorgeous you are. You, somebody should love you. Uh, I can love you. I can I can take care of you. And they groom them in. And uh, that's when we start seeing the actual trauma occurring to our kids. So uh, a lot of this is going on across the country, especially since they're home now with this pandemic. What kind of resources do parents have to keep up to speed with uh, the changes that are happening online and where their kids might be engaging? Well, things like what you're doing right now is a resource. Mm -hmm. People will go out and investigate these things, look at the most popular apps, look at those apps that, that cyberbullying are a part of. Uh, and, it, and it's certainly moving away from the Facebook, the Twitters, and the Instagrams because your parents are on those. They're moving into those, those Snapchats, those AskFMs, those, uh, you know, those other types of areas, the burn books from the movie Mean Girls. I mean, these things are things that kids get involved in. The parents don't want anything to do with and that's great with kids because they can separate their lives from from the real life and and get into a, a, a different types of reality. So Google it. Go look at their phone. Find out what apps are on their phone. Go to Google and start downloading everything there is to know about that, that game, that app, the problems with it. And then have those discussions with kids and say, you know, this app has this and let them know that, hey, you, you know about this. Download the apps. 
download them to your phone and, and get into them. Make your own profile and then ask your kid to be friends with them. There's nothing that gets your kids off an app faster than downloading it and asking them to be friends with you. Engaging in their online world. Yeah, I guess it's a good point. And, and you know, none of it is rocket science. It's just a matter of downloading it and figuring it out and being on More there. More than likely, you're paying for their phone anyway if you're, if you're the parent. Mm-hmm. It's your phone. Go grab it from them. And if they don't give you the password, find it. Yeah, yeah. Give them a different phone. Whatever. Your book, your book, Education in a Violent World, uh, that covers um, some of the theories that you're talking about with the uh, online world. What other what other types of bullying is common now in, in sort of 2020 as might have been, you know, in comparison to the 80s or the 90s? How has it changed? Yeah, well, the biggest change is in the 80s and 90s, we could leave school or leave the church or leave the whatever party we were at and uh, and leave the bullying mm-hmm. behind. Um one out of 10 kids went home last year from school because of bullying. Okay. Well, they went home, but they didn't leave the bullying because the bullying follows you 24 seven in the electronic form. So that's the biggest change between the eighties and nineties. And that's why kids are killing themselves. They're putting a, they're putting a sex pic, uh, sending it to their boyfriend and girlfriend and they break up and then they, uh, and all of a sudden it makes it all over the internet. Look up the Amanda Todd story, the Amanda Todd story. She went to three different schools trying to, trying to dodge the effects of sending one of, of uh, sex pick of her bare chest, went to three different schools, put it on Facebook and on uh, YouTube that she was going to kill herself. And she did because she couldn't get away from it. Three different schools she went to, moved mm-hmm. to different towns trying to avoid this. And it found her all three schools because kids are, were using that against her to bully her and nobody stepped in to help. You know, That's gotta, this online content remaining with you for life is not just um, something that children should think about. Even adults. I mean, I'm I'm 45, so the internet came around in my 20s. I guess the way that we understand it now, and I think even adults are learning that the kinds of comments and the types of friends they keep online and that sort of thing do follow them around. And we're getting Absolutely. smarter. But for kids, I mean, they're so impressionable; they have no idea. This is just the way the world is. Right. Um, I find that with my kids, um, we give them screen time when we want to break. And that's probably pretty common. And that is probably what leads to what you're saying, where you think your kids are great. They're just upstairs doing their thing. And, and oh, they're wonderful. And I get to have my glass of wine now. Um, do you have any tips or thoughts on screen time in general, in particular for maybe kids that are like, say, I don't know, 10 years old, a little bit younger? Absolutely. Uh, kids up to 12 year old should have a minimum screen time. And between each screen time, they need to have other types of playtime. Uh, you need to monitor that very closely. And there are actually apps out there that will monitor that for you. So you can still have your wine and something else can turn off your internet for that child if you need that to happen. There, there are free apps everywhere that allow you to allow you to take control of the actual screen time for kids. But beyond that, we're talking about zero to 12 need to have limited screen time but 12 and up, you need to be involved in what they're doing on their screen time. You need to be in that room. You need to talk to them about it. You need to, to, to know what's going on with them. You need to look for the signs of depression caused by the trauma that they're experiencing on that screen time. So would you say that socially um, it becomes more problematic around the age of 12? I mean, in your experience, what does the data say? Um, are seven-year-olds picking on each other online or is it more once you get into your teenage years? No, it's it's after you after your year twelve uh, when you start moving into that middle school age uh, that certainly increases the cyberbullying. I mean that's really the the hen the, 
the pecking order stage yep. uh, of how you're trying to establish yourself. And so that middle school area is really critical. Uh, we, we see a lot of kids who are committing suicide in that 14-year-old range because they've been able to, they've tried to traverse this, this violent world for, for two years and they, mm-hmm. and they can't do it. Uh, so that 14, 15 is when they're, when they're committing suicide. Um, I interviewed a, a former prostitute uh, when I went to Parkland High School last year, or uh, to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, rather. And uh, she said that when she was 14 years old, she became suicidal. And uh, she she decided she wanted to, to get on drugs. And Adderall seemed to be the drug of choice. So she memorized all 15 symptoms of what it takes to be considered ADHD. And this is what she said to me, all 15 symptoms. Well, I didn't think much about it, but whenever I Googled and looked, started looking up uh, those symptoms, guess how many there were? There were 15. So that's 14, 15-year-old age. That's that's the age that's critical that we become involved in their lives, and they're going to do everything they can to keep you away. Mm. Okay. You've got to be persistent in this. Well, of course, anything's possible, but that's a good tip for parents anyway, to be conscious maybe when they start getting around middle school. That's when the, the social pressure start to really kick in heavy duty. Absolutely. Right? Um, you had mentioned to be engaged with your kids online, you know, get a Snapchat account or get whatever account, play Fortnite with them, or at least put the headset on and talk. Um, do you have any other tips for talking to your kids about internet in general? Uh, certainly. Uh, whenever, you, whenever you go into a child's room and you go into their space, uh, if you see them uh, putting things away, covering their screen, blacking out their screen, there's also different types of things on their phone. Uh, like a, there's a there's a calculator app that they can put up and it makes it look like there's a calculator on their screen. And really, whenever you type in certain numbers of that calculator, it opens up to a whole nother world of pictures and other things that they're hiding from you. Be looking for these apps. And there's all kinds of those apps out there. So look on their phone see what apps they have, download them to see what they do. And if they've got any of these cloaking apps or if they're trying to cloak the things that they're doing on their computer, that's a great indicator that they're doing things that are causing them trauma and you need to intervene. Okay. Lastly, can you tell me about your book a little bit? Uh, when was it published and how do people find it? Yes. Uh, it came out last November and you can find it at any major bookstore. Uh, it's, a, it's still one of the best sellers on, on Amazon. And uh, certainly the book was a lot of years of research and, and visiting these people. I visited Columbine High School, um, and the, the teacher that got shot there was actually a family friend. And uh, I learned so much about complacency and how in one of the worst disasters to ever hit America and America's schools, there's back to complacency in that, even in that school, um, because we're humans. Things go back to go back to normal, and we want them to go back to normal. Hence the pandemic. Now here we are wanting things to go back to normal so quickly because that's how we are as humans. We want to be in our comfort zone. Well, schools do the same thing, and then we become vulnerable again. Uh, I wrote the book to let people know that that is our that's the biggest danger. Not not the, uh, uh, the mental health of somebody that's walking around thinking, okay, I'm going to go in and shoot up a school. It's the fact that we don't believe it can happen here in, in our world. And once we start realizing that this is an everyday course, and that's why I came up with a para mindset. This is an everyday mindset, no matter what you do or where you go. When we come up with this mindset that, hey, we are the protectors of kids. We can't afford to be complacent. Yeah. So when you're a protector of kid, I'm not just a, a, a teacher or a police officer when I am in my uniform. 
I am, when I go to the store, when I go to a Walmart or a mall, I'm still that protector of kids because that's what my life took on. And when I get people in that mindset, hopefully we'll start seeing some changes because we'll start connecting with kids and building relationships. One of the worst things that ever happened to our schools is society putting in these standardized tests and then all these teachers feeling the pressure to teach to the test. And then we're telling kids, hey, take this test so we can tell if you're abnormal. And we're finding out, we're telling kids they're abnormal just because they're not doing well on a one-day test. And so when you tell a kid that, they, they believe it. And then they start shutting down. Let's get their vocational classes back. Let's get our fine arts back. Let's get things that kids like to do. And let's connect with these kids. And you'll start seeing some of this violence ending. That's well said. Um, so Education in a Violent World is your book by Dr. Steve Webb. Uh, how else can we contact you? Uh, you can get a hold of me by going to my website at drsteveweb.com. And while you're there, download my, my three-step guide. It's free. Download my three-step guide on how to, set, how to stay safe in public places because we're all getting ready to go back out in public places if you haven't been there. And there are dangerous people. When I interview people in Las Vegas after that shooting, we're talking about mass amounts of people that are just sitting ducks in that situation. I give you some pointers on what to look for because what, what's the first thing you do when you get in your car? Do you look at your phone? And what's the first thing you do before you get out of your car in a dark parking lot? You're probably looking at your phone. Well, when you're looking at a light in a dark parking lot, that light has all of your attention and you have no peripheral vision. So I teach you about how to use your senses again. And that's, that's where I came up with my SAFE program. I'm teaching people to get back to using your senses instead of focusing on that one item that we all try to focus on at all hours of the day, you're trying to see what's coming out over it, and that's that's your phone, and yeah. that makes it a, that makes it a dangerous situation when you walk in and you think that nothing can happen to you. That's when it does. You know, I think that uh, with a natural um, evolution of the human species, one of the things that we might have to learn how to do is actually get away from our phones once again. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I don't believe that's going to happen. No, <laughs> I, I think the phones are going to get faster. There will, there will always be a new iPhone model whatever. 27 or whatever. Uh, there will always be that bit, bigger, better phone. And so we better learn how to use it while also using our common sense when we get out in these public places because there are people that are using that against us, mm. not just in the cyber world, but in the real world of getting out of your car and knowing that you're not paying attention. That's the best thing for a for a, somebody that wants to rob you. That's the best thing that can happen for them. Once again, what's your website address? My website is drsteveweb.com. Uh, or you can also reach me through my uh, safe, safe Secure Systems and Safe School Systems, uh, safeschoolsystems.org. If you'd like to reach me and you want me to come in and do my safe program for you, I'd be more than willing to do it. Thanks for doing this, Dr. Webb. Very Thanks informative. I could talk to you for an hour at least. <laughs> Thank care. you. All I right. appreciate you having me. Thank you so much to Dr. Steve Webb for taking the time to share just some of his concerns about technology and kids. Again, you can find Dr. Webb at his website, www.drsteveweb.com. And if you want to find out more about Insiders Podcast, catch me on Twitter at underscore Insiders Pod. On YouTube, just look for Insiders Podcast, or you can email me, michael at distinctmedia.ca. Thanks again, and hang tight, because my next interview drops soon. All right, hit it, Amber. Thank you for listening to the Insiders Podcast. We do our very best to be as accurate as possible, but take no responsibility for inaccurate details or facts. If a topic interests you, we're happy to have brought it to your attention, but please take the time to research the details for yourself. To find out more about Insiders Podcast and all of the work that we do, check out distinctmedia.ca.